morning. Go ahead and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. When we as Christians are hurt or offended by someone else, how do we respond? The question I'd like us to consider today. How do you respond as a child of God when you are hurt, when someone else offends you? 1 Peter 2, verses 21 through 24, and I want us to focus on verse 23. So when we get there, that's our focus. 1 Peter 2, verse 21 For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth? Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return? When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Amen. When we are hurt or offended by someone else, how we respond is very important in the Christian life. And there's numerous types of offenses or hurts you might receive, right? You might might receive unloving criticism, gossip about you, unkind words, or even slander. And at that moment... When the hurt comes, our natural man, our flesh response is to do what? Think about the person that just offended us. Our mind is engaged upon that. How could they treat me that way? I've been so nice to them. How could they speak badly about me? Of course, those thoughts can well up within us, can't they? Even a desire to return evil for evil. Even revenge. Even lashing back and speaking poorly about the offender. Even rising up anger in our hearts. Because at that moment, our focus is directed upon the one who hurt us. But let's look to the example of our Lord. Verse 23. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself... To him who judges righteously. As an example to us. Christ is an example to us. Christ responded to the offense he received with meekness. And instead of harboring resentment, resentment, we must entrust ourselves to God. That's what Jesus did. He entrusted himself to one who judges righteously. Because God, as we know, is the one who causes all of our hurts to work together for his glory and in 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 our sanctification. Now, responding rightly as a Christian, this is hard. It's hard. This is the battle against the flesh. Right? But it, it, it requires two important truths for us to walk in. One is the belief, the belief that God is sovereign. And secondly, 
It's a submitting to God's providence. Because we know God is sovereignly ruling over all creation. He's orchestrating every event in life to accomplish his purposes. These are his sovereign purposes, are for his glory, and they're not accidental. Remember Romans 8. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So God takes everything, everything, to conform you to the image of his son. That's what he's doing. Yes, even the sins and hurts of others. He's going to take that and conform you to the image of Christ. Because he's sovereign. Because he can. (laughs) He's all-powerful. He's mighty. Could he have stopped the other person from offending you? Yes. And in fact, these offenses, these trials that come, are from the loving hand of our Father. You could think of them in that way. Hebrews 12, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. You might not think of the offense of another as a scourging by the Lord. But he allowed it to happen, didn't he? He brought it in your life. Submitting to God's providence means we recognize that there is much work yet to be done in us. So that we receive the painful events of life, even from other people, under the controlling hand of our Father in heaven. So just as Jesus, our example did, we entrust ourselves to him who judges rightly. For when we receive a hurt or maybe enter a trial, we must remember he is working all things together for good. Not just the happy things, but all things. For his glory and our sanctification, he will conform us to Christ's image. So the application is at that moment, right? When the hurt comes, when the offense comes, Our response should not be to focus upon that person, but instead to run to our God, to say, Father, you you have brought this in my life. You, you You have something to refine in me, something to conform me to your image. Oh God, help me receive this. Teach me now what you have for me. See, our natural response again, is to focus right back on the person. How dare they? But being redeemed, knowing that our God is over all these things and submitting to his providence, when the hurt comes, we turn to God. So the hurt comes, just take it to God. Don't lash out at the other person. Just take it to God. Because our attitude should be that we need need our God in this time. We're hurt. We need our God. We go right to him. Don't worry about the other person right now, for for, for right now. Okay, God has something for you, right? He's providentially brought this into your life. The question for us is, what will we do with it? What will we do with this? We might sin back in anger. But when we're offended, when we're hurt, it's time to lean in. Your heavenly father is going to grow you in faith. Although it's difficult, we need to step forward into it. Remember, 
The chastening, it's, it's, not, it's not joyful at the present. It's painful, Hebrews 12 says. But, but it yields, it bears the peaceable fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. May we be trained by it, brothers and sisters. So again, this is the response of meekness. This is the response of a true belief in God's sovereignty. This is the response of Christ, our example. For by the hand of the the master of the universe, you are being shaped. You are being molded. You are being chiseled into a vessel of honor for his glory. What a blessing. You see, that's why James can say rejoice in trials. That's why Romans 5 can say glory in tribulations. Because God is doing something. And, and we can look eagerly with eyes of hope and receive the righteousness that only God can give in this way. Just an ending thought. Christian author Jerry Bridges, we've, many books we've uh, recommended in our church here from him, he posed this question. Listen. If you were chaf- chafing under some difficult providence of God in your life, and God were to stop at that moment and come to you and ask you, Dear son, dear daughter, which would you rather I do right now? Remove the difficult circumstance or use it to conform you to the image of my son? Which would you have? It's up to you. While our flesh may want the trial to be over and the hurt to be gone, the response of faith and trusting in God with hope and humility, God will give us the meekness to accept our father's will and grow in glory to him. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you that you sovereignly rule over all things. We confess to you now that we often respond to offenses with disdain towards those that hurt us. But God, help us to go to you. Help us to look inward at what you're doing in refining our souls. So at that moment when we're hurt, our focus is not to be on the other person, but upon you, God, in humble submission to your providence. Help us receive the love of our Father in heaven. For it is you, God, who takes that which was meant for evil and turns it into faith-fueled fruit-bearing in our lives. We take a moment now to individually confess our sins to you.